Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 760, 122321. This was a tough record high for me to write because there's four eights involved. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. geez. 58 <laughs> degrees on this day in 1888. Wait, wait. After you're done reading this, I want to see your notes. Okay. <laughs> and 27 below, another eight here, 1872. Oh, boy. Uh, of those five eights, one looks like an eight. <laughs> One's a butterfly. One's a <laughs> snowman, and I don't know what the hell it is. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I want to play an audio for you to lighten the Christmas spirit or to enhance the Christmas spirit. I think it will enhance the Christmas I just spirit. figured out. I figured it out. I've seen this, and it's really, really good. It really, it, it'll, it made me feel good, Joe. I this love is, it. This uh, is Barry Shockle alerted me to this. He said, I have not watched an NFL or MLB game in a year and a half because I don't need their wokeness. In that regards, the NHL has pretty much stood alone. All pro athletes should watch this video and learn the new standards of classiness for all athletes. This is a guy that seems to get uh, to understand that the interrelationship of the fan and the athlete, this is a guy you would love to sit and have a beer with. It's, uh, it's the Detroit Red Wings in the pregame warm-up, and it's featuring their captain, Dylan Larkin. They're skating around the net. Oh, I can't handle it. Sorry. They just happened oh, to be no. Mike. He was Mike. Oh, no. nope. I feel terrible. He's not, not good. Yeah, sorry. He slides hey. into the glass, knocks the guy's beer over. Where'd Zuby go? Zuby! Skates over to the bench. Yep. You got your you got your wallet on you? Yeah. <laughs> you got 20 bucks? Thanks, though. I got 20 bucks in my dry saw. I knocked over the guy's beer. You got what? <laughs> I knocked over the guy's beer. Oh. I feel bad. Right, be- right behind the net. See him? In the, gray sw- or in the red-, red wing sweatshirt. First roll. Yeah. Then they show the Zuby going over to give him the 20. Yep. <laughs> now I'm having a sickening, sickening thought. No, 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 hold on. No. Please no. don't. No, this no, this this was uh organic. This happened. I know what you're gonna say. As it happened. It wasn't hold, pre-planned. Don't it, say it. I'm writing it down. All right. No, Joe, don't but don't be ahead. cynical. Go ahead. Well, Kenny, it's something you said that's making me have the sad, sick thought. Let me see, Reavers, get it closer. It's the line on the the third yeah. line. Yeah. I knew it. I knew that's what you were going to say. Why was he mic'd? Oh, they do that. No, it, yeah, and I'm glad. I, I yes. go down. I go down rabbit holes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
No, he was mic'd because that's common practice. And you'll get stuck on YouTube for uh, eight hours straight listening to mic'd up hockey players. It's the best thing you could possibly hear, Well, uh, especially if there's going to be a fight. But you're right. Maybe he did this because he, he was mic'd. He knew he was mic'd. But I will say this. I will say this. A hockey player would do that. Absolutely. And, by the way, they do the, the there's wild videos all the time of guys being mic'd. Okay, then I'm going to go back to pure innocence. But the thing yeah. is, he may have done Kenny's right. He may have done that knowing he was mic'd, but still it's he well, still that, had no, a great gesture. No, then that takes away from it. That takes away from it. If he did it cuz he knew he was mic'd, you just contradicted yourself. Well, I don't know because the oh, reason Oh damn it. Why did we start this? No. I'm accepting this on face value. <laughs> okay. Yes, so am I. And what, oh. I'm going to invite you to go down that YouTube rabbit hole, yes. especially if you can find where hey, a guy... bellowed. No, no, not, not that one. Where, not, where not players one. will actually negotiate with, with each other uh, after they've dropped the gloves and they're about to go. And then in the middle of a fight, you'll hear them talking to each other. Is that enough? Are we Is done that enough? Yeah. Uh, can we be done? Yeah. I'm getting I'm tired, tired, man. I'm tired. Isn't your arm sore? And here's, yeah. here's why I, <laughs> I agree so cool. with Kenny, because there's a great video. We might have even talked about it on the show of the very first either practice or scrimmage or whatever it was where Spurgeon's mic, the wild team, is doing a video, and Billy Guerin walks in. And this is why I absolutely love Billy Guerin. You know Spurgeon, the captain. He said, "So Jared, what's it all? Or Spurge, what's what's it, what's it all about?" He said, "Playing hard and having fun." And Garen goes, "Bleep that! It's about bleeping winning." <laughs> so this is common practice for a lot of professional teams because they put this stuff out on social media, Joe. That's why they that's why they have players mic'd, especially in warmups. You recall I've told you a couple times now that I happened to be covering a football game in Dallas when Santa Claus caught on fire? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we have a correspondent in Dallas, Paul Petruszewski, and he said, wasn't it a snowman? <laughs> Fact-based. <laughs> and not Santa? And then he, then he, he emails me the YouTube of this. It was the... Uh, NFC title game in 1977. Wait, there's a YouTube video of it? Vikings at Dallas. And he said, just wondering if this is the game you were at. Well, it had to be. It was the NFC title game. This is a guy in a snowman costume that uh, started on fire. Uh, then he sends a second video. This wasn't meant to be a correction, just showing you the video. Santa or snowman, the guy was on fire. The sports station down there interviewed him, and regardless of the Santa suit or snowman suit, he said he was thirsty. He also said that thing was extremely flammable. No bleep. Paul, GL South, Dallas Chapter, Royal Order of the 21sters. Wait a minute. The whole game's available on YouTube. I might watch this right now. It was in the Tony Dorsett days. And the whole... No, you're not watching it right now. Okay. You said it was a snowman? I thought it was a Santa Claus, but maybe it was a snowman. Oh, my God. Look at this. I on fire. It looks like one of those movies where, you know, the guy catches on fire when they're killing him, and he right. runs through the thing, uh, falls over. And the news desk back at the Star Tribune wow. was saying, cover that, write that up, write that up as part of your story, get that in there. Because <laughs> obviously the national TV audience saw it. I'm watching Trotter <laughs> chirp bellows. Yeah. That's way funnier. <laughs> How's the so, show going to go today, Joe? Did they, did they, how long did they pause play? They didn't. They didn't at all? No, no. No, they running the, plays in between. The announcers yeah. gave it short shrift. Who was doing the game? Do you remember? Oh, if he said his name, I knew, it almost sounded like Kurt Gowdy, maybe? It's Trotty, eh? Trotty, Kenny, stay on track, please. Oh, my God, he's on fire. <laughs> uh, the precocious eight-year-old down in Little Elm, Texas. 
I, I mentioned. Okay. John, I'm sorry. Snowman oh, on fire. He's on fire in the stands. People are putting it, it out. Cowboys game. Don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did not stop playing. They just kept running plays. <laughs> And I don't know who the announcer is. He, in the, in between plays, he went, and some prayers certainly would be appreciated for the fellow that was on fire. Right? <laughs> anyway, back to the game. Oh Guy's hair burns off. <laughs> oh, my God. Guy was That's fine. He ended up getting interviewed down there on sports radio. He said, I'm thirsty, man. I was thirsty. I don't know what that has to do with it. With no eyebrows. Yeah. That's, uh... I'm sorry. I mentioned uh, getting an email from... Joe Rothbauer yesterday, the father of the precocious eight-year-old GLer, yeah. uh, on my pronunciation of shiitake mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, writes today, "Well, Joe, I got scolded for my email you read about the shiitake mushrooms. The eight-year-old was not happy that I did not wish you and the crew a merry Christmas. Oh, oh. he is against a generic happy holiday, so thankfully I didn't say that either. Thankfully, he gave me a reason to email again." We got a late start last night listening at the table due to my working later than usual. We were only a few minutes into John's newscast when the call came from the other room for him to start getting ready for bed. After a beat, he slowly closed his book, got a little crooked grin, and yelled to his mom, Bedtimes are policy violence. <laughs> then he gave me a high five and headed off to get ready for bed. Love that kid. Merry Christmas to you, the crew, and your families. From all of us in Little Elm, Texas, may you all be safe through the holidays and into the new year. Keep pushing back. Joe and the eight-year-old in Little Elm, Texas. Little should, Elm, uh, Texas. Doesn't that sound cool? Yeah. He's eight. We should tell that kid. kid knows the show uh, better than we do. Uh, management is currently looking for somebody to take Joe's place after he finally quits right. or uh, passes away <laughs> abruptly. Uh, maybe oh, we wow. should tell the kid. Uh... I, have a, I have a question. Um, I want to circle back to this game. Oh. Yeah, I can't believe the guy was on fire head to toe. Would, would this have been in January of 1977, meaning following the 76 season? Or would this have been in January of 78? And there's a reason I'm asking why. 77. So, 76 season, 1970. Okay. And the reason I ask is I guarantee my dad was at this game. My dad In was Dallas? A, my dad was a total rube. He went to three or two of the Super Bowls and I think every single Vikings NFC championship because it was before I was born. Hmm. So he wouldn't have had kids. Oh, mm -hmm. sure. So that's why I'm asking well, the Vikings did lose. Right, but he went to a couple of NFC out. championship games in addition to three of the Super Bowls. I was the beat writer in 78. Okay. Okay. But it stands to reason that as a columnist, I would have been at the 77 game. And then they added to my burden in 78. I was, in addition to the column, I was the beat guy for the Vikings. So okay. I did the game stories. Okay. Well, one other uh, note on this game. The announcer for the national broadcast mm -hmm. of this game was the legendary Vin Scully. Really? Yeah. That's, I'm just reading I didn't story know he did football. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Could he did he everything. What could yeah. he do? Oh, he, yeah. He still should be working, in my opinion. Yeah. He's fantastic. And I want to say this, too, because I, I was thinking the same thought. You guys give me a lot of grief if I introduce a word you haven't heard and you say bleep that word. Yes. Uh, paucity was the latest example. And I got a really nice note from Tom Hansen from Woodbury, a retired English teacher. All right? Listening to today's show has prompted me to send you some support to counterbalance any ongoing flack for your valiant effort to expand the vocabulary, vocabulary of your merry band of yokels. 
Tell those vocabophobes that the English language is a grand and glorious thing, full of useful and often delightful words and turns of phrases that can be deftly welded by a skilled practitioner to convey a myriad of shades and colors of both meaning and tone. Ask them if we should cut our vocabulary back to what we knew at, say, age five. After all, we could probably convey most of what we wish to convey via five-year-old's vocabulary. Why bother with any more words? But do we really want to be dumbed down our vocabulary and accommodate lowest common denominator? No. Does GL apply that philosophy to any other aspect of daily life? I think not. Quite to the contrary. How many times have you, uh, have not you and even your vocabulary adverse minions, lamented the current denigration of achievement and excellence and the abandonment of standards, both in the failed academy and in life generally. So don't let these linguistic Neanderthals drag you down to their level. Rather, continue the thankless but vital work of enriching their impoverished and benighted lives with an elevated, enlightened, and athletic vocabulary that can be vigorous or subtle, vivid or veiled, capable of meeting and vanquishing any verbal task with specificity and aplomb. Sheesh. Give me a break. They'll thank you for it later or not, me, uh, but that's their loss. Tom and me, me like that letter, Joe. <laughs> Do you know that Gret- <laughs> Gretzky dropped the gloves on Broughton? Okay. <laughs> I love this week, by it the took, way. It took, Neil, <laughs> it took Neil three seconds to... To bring bra- uh, to uh, bring uh, oh. Gretzky down in the ice. Well, what are you doing, dropping the gloves, buddy? That By had the to way, be prearranged. Oh, I'm sure it was. And it it looks like Neil's saying, uh, "What what are you really? what are you doing? Really? What are you <laughs> We're doing? doing this? Three seconds later, it was over. By the way, he's going to be in town. Ooh. Gretzky. Well, for he's the, always in town for the know? winter for the winter classic. His he's career got... goals record is in jeopardy to Alex Ovechkin. Oh, really? Is it 894? Is it 794, 894? Ovechkin's closing in. <sighs> Fact doesn't, based. doesn't Wayne have people in town? I don't know. I, I, he's uh, from I th- Toronto originally. But I thought we had stories of him showing up in the western suburbs on local ice rinks. No way. Really? That's news to me. Cool. That's news to me. 894, John, by the way. I, I was right. 894. Gordy Howe, 801. Now look up Ovechkin. Yarmir Yager, 766. And Alex Ovechkin is in fourth place at 750. So he needs another 100 or more. He, but he's young enough. You can't do math. No. He no. needs 144 to tie, 100, 145. But he's the only current player on that list, right? Correct. That's yes. still playing. Yes. I guess that's why... He's considered a threat. I don't think he'll do it. Well, doesn't uh, 23, Patrick Marlou, doesn't he still play? Uh, how many has he got? He, he's way behind. He's, he's at no 566. Shot. He's got no shot. What you missed on the 55-mile-per-gallon article is a great link. Governor Walls did an end run around the legislature by engaging the EPA to create the rules that automobile dealers must sell a certain percent of electric cars. Those of us who do not live around tall buildings use pickup trucks while doing farm work, hauling horse trailers to get to where the cattle need to be rounded up, pulling a trailer with uh, ammonia tanks, and I can go on and on. Construction workers need a pickup truck to haul lumber and equipment, including a gas generator because the new houses being built needs electricity before the house is wired. When you own a travel trailer, you generally need a pickup because the cars do not have enough power to tow a trailer. I looked up the best Mile per gallon obtained today includes only cars. Those who enjoy overloading, traveling to rural areas with a tent attached to the pickup, or towing a trailer with a tent and cooking supplies, 
An electric vehicle will not meet these requirements because the whole purpose of overlanding, what did I say, overloading, overland, yeah, whatever, to get out and enjoy nature by yourself. So the bigger picture is the government doing an end round around the legislature in having the EPA dictate what we must accept. Lisa from almost in Iowa. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, thank you. Well, time is drawing close here to Christmas Day. I'll say. And, and the best stop you're going to make is at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and Forest Lake. Because, you know, what? what's the traditional Christmas dinner? It's not turkey necessarily. It's prime rib in my family. Well, th- this is where you get it. Mm-hmm. Bone-in prime I'm rib. I'm thinking of making room. Bone-in steaks, double-smoked hams, tenderloins, filet mignon, cheesy potatoes, tater tot hot dish, gift boxes and gift certificates. While you're there, you're going to get the meatloaf, the bacon, the brats, the seasoning, the potato salad. You name it, this is the best stop you're going to make prior to Christmas, especially now that you can get a gift box to take where you're going or gift certificates. And if you're headed up north and you're going to be using Interstate 35E, get off the freeway at at Highway 97 in Forest Lake, go east a couple of hundred yards, and there's Grunhofer's. Load up the cooler and bing, bang, boom. You know, coolers keep hot things hot and cold things cold. How does it know the difference? Boom, boom, boom. All right. And the original Grunhoffers, of course, is on Highway 61, just north of Hugo. Uh, these are fantastic stops you can make before Christmas, and you won't regret it. Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And as you've been hearing over the course of the last couple of months, Josh asks you one simple question, and that's always, do you know what you own? You see, Josh's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, well, they don't. They absolutely have no idea. Josh has also seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that those bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, know what you own. And you'll hear from Mr. Money Talk later today here in Garage Logic to give you a specialized report on the goings-on in the market today. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Please, you can take it from me that you can trust Josh. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation, and you do so by calling 952-925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. "'Twas the night before Christmas in 1956 when Wally Pettit and Herb Koch uh, put together Polka Dot Dairy. I don't know, it probably wasn't the night before Christmas, but it was 1956 when they did a tiny little dairy distribution business, and I wonder if uh, they anticipated that 50 years later their business would still be going strong with a huge customer base. We're going to be talking more and more about Polka Dot Dairy products in the coming year, but... Uh, This week, the week before Christmas, I want to talk to you about the most GL-friendly workplace you can possibly be at in Gumption County. It's Polka Dot Dairy. They're looking for loaders, truck loaders, at their Hastings facility. And by the way... Joe, yeah, go go ahead, Joe. Well, you, you've done this two days in a row now. You you tell us they opened in 1956, and they're celebrating 50 years. That would be 65 years. 60, oh, well. 65 years. I never claimed. I'm impressed by your math yeah. ability. I had to use the calculator, but I... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what we've both missed? 
They're on Highway 61. Oh, what what else? <laughs> they are. <laughs> yes. We own 61. Anyway, jeez, uh, I was off by 15 years. That's wow. all. You know what? Close <laughs> enough. Uh, you want to make 48K a year. Uh, your shifts are Sunday through Thursday afternoons. Uh, this is dock work, so you don't don't worry about the CDL license. Just have a great attitude and the need to work in a great team. Be able to lift stuff. Uh, you, so if you're a strong gal or woman, uh, a man, whatever, whatever you may be, uh, call them up. Let them know you're looking for a great job. Send your apps to, or better yet, just go to their website, polka.dairy.com slash jobs, and that's where you apply. It's a great company. Uh, you're making 48 k a year. Uh, and you get to work with a bunch of GLers. What else do I need to say? Polka.dairy.com slash jobs. Stacy, the GL geologist, says, Happy spring, happy birthday, Rook, and Merry Christmas. Sending you best wishes and glad tidings. Thank you for a wonderful year of podcasts and State Fair live shows. Stacy, a member of the Royal Order of the 21sters and GL geologist. Uh, it, it's Rook's birthday today, and mercifully... He's not right. here, right? But he'll be with us tomorrow as the whole gang wraps up the year. With By the, the last way, show tomorrow. Stacy does own the best quote of the year in GL, Which is? right? When we were John, you were with me, right, at the state fair, and yes. we hung with uh, Stacy and Mister Stacy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. John and I each had a beer, and she said, "Reavers, can I buy you a beer?" I said, "I have one." She says, "Yeah, but you need another one." You need another. That's <laughs> not a bad quote. <laughs> Thank you, Stacy. Really, really, uh, you could almost call it earth-shaking news. It could be a turning point. Maybe something positive will come out of this. A longtime Ramsey County prosecutor walked away from his job this month, citing this frustration with policies he says are designed to keep offenders out of jail. Wow. Uh, he joins other prosecutors who are quitting other uh, who are quitting either due to policies that they see as mere lenient or more lenient on crime or COVID-19 related backlogs that they say pressure them to settle for lighter sentences in order to clear cases. If this is what the community wants, that's not what I want to do for the rest of my career, said Richard Dusterhoft, 55, the former trial division director for the Ramsey County Attorney Choi, the thought of working that hard to then achieve these lower outcomes, I don't want to be any part of it. This is this is big news. Yes, it yeah. is. This mm-hmm. is riveting big news. Dusterhoff said that and we. I have people on uh, on this case trying to get uh, Mr. Dusterhoff as a guest. Uh, Dusterhoff said he was frustrated with policies that promote diversion programs over prison time. Ramsey County Attorney John Choi has introduced a number of initiatives designed to reduce disparities and rehabilitate offenders. Both Choi and Dusterhoff said the split was amicable, despite differing opinions on policy. Uh, Rick has been a valued member of my management team, Choi said. We don't see the world in the same ways. That's because you see it wrong, Choi. Without a doubt, but I'm a big believer that I want diversity of thought with respect to the management of the office. Well, he gave you diversity of thought, Joy. Yes. And it's been rejected, apparently. Former Washington County prosecutor Imran Ali also left his job recently. Ali said the salary isn't worth putting the safety of families in jeopardy when prosecutors make decisions unpopular with activists. Well, hats off to you, Mr. Ali. Ali originally charged... Uh, Kim Potter with manslaughter in the shooting death of Dante Wright. His decision was met with threats and protests. Activists called for the charge to be upgraded to murder. 
Others were angry that he was prosecuting a police officer. The final straw, he said, was the lack of a pushback from state leaders. Potter's manslaughter trials in jury deliberations in Minneapolis. Did we say on the air uh, what we know about the verdict? Oh, no, we did not. We did not. We should probably Uh, say that. They don't say verdict. They say a decision in the trial will be announced between 1.30 this afternoon and 2 p.m. I do have an update on that, by the way. Uh, We got that information from Paul Bloom, but Lou, is it Lou Lagoose? Ragoose? Is that how you pronounce his name for Care 11? Um, He says, I confirmed through sources that this will be a verdict, not a hung jury, at 1.30 p.m. in the Kim Potter trial. Yeah, another uh, person had said the language was pre-approved before, you know, so days ago. They had pre-approved that for release when it happened. Back to Imran Ali, it was a very lonely experience not to have people that were in a position of power denounce what I believe was mob tactics and trying to influence a decision. That has no place in our justice system. He added that legal boards should rein in attorneys who twist the truth, something he experienced when reviewing the Potter case. Ali, who was the assistant criminal division chief, left in May after working a decade for Washington County. Robert Small, executive director of the Minnesota County Attorneys Association and a former Hennepin County judge, said Ali's and Duster Hoff's decisions to leave reflects a national trend. Small is also a member of the National District Attorneys Association and said he was in a meeting recently where the members expressed concern over the increase in prosecutor vacancies. We were asking, why are we seeing so many vacancies? Why are these jobs so hard to fill? Not being able to see justice served was the prevalent throughout all answers. As a man who was inspired by President John F. Kennedy, ask not what your country can do for you speech. Small chose to do something for his country by becoming a county prosecutor. He said he understands how that job can feel more like a calling to some, making it necessary to walk away when that calling is compromised. When you see that the public service is being negatively affected, people are saying, why am I banging my head against the wall? To what end am I doing this, he said. In Small's recent meeting, he said he heard similar stories from Michigan, New York, New Hampshire, Colorado, Maryland, Utah, and Missouri. So this is a ray of hope, people. You've got got attorneys in these uh, county attorney's offices who want to do the right thing, who want to keep these dangerous thugs off the street. Yep. But you, you're at odds with the opposing philosophies on what to do with offenders. And look at the layers that keep disintegrating. We, we've been saying this for years. The, the, the good cops that are going to get frustrated are going to quit and either not be replaced or be replaced by people that are less qualified. Well, and now, now you're, seeing, you're it, seeing attorneys quit. Exactly. Uh, at odds are opposing philosophies. Restorative justice groups, alarmed by what they saw as mass incarceration of mostly minority populations in the 90s, have moved for reforms that promote various programs over prison sentences. Justin Terrell, executive director of the Minnesota Justice Research Center, said recently at a public hearing about sentencing guidelines that the violent crime people are seeing in the Twin Cities is a result of failures in the existing system that he believes needs to be overhauled. It's not because of some soft on crime agenda that has weakened the guardrails, he said. As a matter of fact, our system with its history of uh, racialized depression has facilitated every radi- racialized aggression against black people in our state. I have no idea what this guy's talking about. It has failed to reckon with the harm that is caused and therefore proven itself ineffective at helping society reckon with the harm that we caused each other. No, I don't buy your BS, pal. Uh, the harm that's being caused is that 
Uh, you think there are certain groups of people who should not be held responsible for their crimes because of their skin color. What the hell difference does it make what your skin color is? Right. You commit a crime, you commit a crime. Zach Smith, a legal fellow at the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation, said the reforms have gone beyond correcting the perceived imbalance of justice and are now impacting public safety. Crime statistics, he says, are not always helpful in seeing the bigger picture. I don't, it's a long story. It's in the Pioneer Press today. And you switch right from that to Democratic Congresswoman who voted to defund the police gets carjacked and robbed at gunpoint in broad daylight. She's from Pennsylvania. She uh, might now regret voting for a defund the police bill after she was the victim of an armed carjacking incident in Philadelphia. Police say Mary Gay Scanlon was carjacked at 2.45 p.m. yesterday after attending a tour with other members of Congress. Scanlon was walking to her vehicle when two armed men approached her and demanded the keys to her blue Acura MDX. The robbers also made off with her personal cell phone, her government cell phone, her purse, and her ID. Scanlon's office released a brief statement slamming uh, about the alarming incident. The congresswoman was physically unharmed. She thanks the Philadelphia Police Department for their swift response and appreciates the efforts of both the sergeant-at-arms in D.C. and her local police department for coordinating with Philly PD to ensure her continued safety. Scanlon was one of the co-sponsors of legislation meant to make it easier for state and local governments to replace police officers and defund the police by employing mental health specialists in their stead. What do you think she thinks now? The same many, thing. Many tied the incident to recent comments from the city's Philadelphia's district attorney, Larry Krasner, in which he denied there was a crisis of crime in the city. They got 584 homicides in Philadelphia. Wow. We don't have a crisis of lawlessness, said Krasner. We don't have a crisis of crime. We don't have a crisis of violence. He later apologized for the comments after a tsunami of criticism from both sides, from both sides of the political aisle. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney also released a statement about the carjacking. It's disheartening and, quite frankly, infuriating that criminals feel emboldened to commit such a reckless crime in the middle of the day in what should be a place of tranquility and peace. One of Philadelphia's beautiful parks, said Kenney. My thoughts are with her during what I'm sure is a traumatic time. Well, uh, they're emboldened, Mayor, because they're not being held accountable. Nope. Now you switch to this one. Uh, Dems who called for defunding police amid George Floyd protests are now pivoting because there's another one uh, who got uh, nailed, too. Uh, Defunding police means defunding police. It does not mean budget tricks or funny math. It does not mean moving school police officers from the NYPD budget to the Department of Education. Uh, Who's who's talking here? Democrats holding a sign reading defund the police. That's a, a damn it. I'm reading another photo caption. See, the, the printer doesn't print the photo. Yeah, we, right. we know we know how we, that works. We know, Joe. Yeah. Right. We know, Joe. <laughs> I think you might be the last person alive that still prints the way you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Representative Ilhan Omar, of course, went a step further, calling for the Minneapolis Police Department to be dismantled because it is rotten to the root. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's why. Remember the story last week when Governor Walls they had uh, they had called for. Uh, it was the 11 legislators, right, that had said, uh, we need to reorganize uh, crime. And she remember sh- the one quote that Walls had? He said, this will save us money, to which I'm thinking, oh, okay, now you're worried about saving the state money. Omar made those remarks in June of 2020. 
uh, we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department because here's the thing. There's a cancer, Omar said, at a rally in Minneapolis in June of 2020. So you had grandstanders really taking advantage of poor George Floyd there and uh, making their case, huh? Uh, and but they're all we're all we're all victimized by these uh, uh, fruitcakes who run the biggest cities. Bill De Blasio, Lori Lightfoot, uh, all all these people. It's just uh, it's well, just crazy. History in the last two years has proven that Ilhan Omar can say virtually anything, no matter how insane, yep. and get away with it. Mm-hmm. No matter how much the Republicans cry and yell and complain, the Democrats always forgive her. Uh, John, maybe you can find the second congresswoman. I thought this story had her name. It does not appear to. I don't think she's a congresswoman. I think she's a legislator in Pennsylvania. All right. right. I believe, but I will check. By the way, speaking of Lori Lightfoot, uh, did you happen to see any video from her yesterday? I did not. Addressing the real issues. We we brought it up yesterday. That are plaguing Chicago right now, you know, with the crime and everything Mm -hmm. else. and. She is now imposing a vaccine mandate for restaurants, bars, and gyms starting January 3rd, Joe. Well, there won't even be any people left to attend those places at the rate they're letting uh, criminals run roughshod over what's happening in this world. She said um, if you're not vaccinated or have proof of vaccination, you can't even go in and get takeout. Really? I thought Omicron was... Even though it's been proven that vaccinations and uh, the... Oh, my God. If, oh. Think about being a poor, and I know I bring this up on oh. occasion, but you're a guy that, or a gal that runs a great restaurant or a little cafe in Chicago, and if, you have it, if you're still in business and haven't been robbed, think of what now you're going to have to go through starting yeah. January 3rd because yeah. of this woman. Yeah, that's a real issue in Chicago, Chris. That's wow. Something we need to deal with. Wow. To enter a fitness center. <laughs> I read that letter from uh, your guy, uh, Joe, this morning. Read it twice. Very interesting. Very, oh, yeah. very interesting. That thing from yesterday? Uh, Archbishop Vagano? Oh, I forgot yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, he's, he, he's considered to be a crackpot, you realize that. Uh, well, the whole time I'm reading it, even the second time through, I'm hearing John uh, snicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I much of what he said, much it, of what yeah. he said can be very plausible. Well, some of what he said. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're not going to go with much. You'll go with some. Y- yeah. Uh, I'm not but, even, even going to go with some. You're not going to go with some. But I found the entire thing interesting enough to where I, I had to read it again. Right. Uh, you know, because I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I got it here, Joe. Uh, yeah. It's El- Illinois State Senator Kimberly That's right. Lightford. That's right. Uh, she and her husband were carjacked in a suburb 20 minutes outside of Chicago. Well, what suburb, John? Do you have... Um, Sorry, I, I thought maybe you had right. it at the ready. Yeah. I don't. Do, I we, have, do I, we know if she was a defunder? Uh, that I haven't gotten to yet. Let me see. Uh, I'm going to say uh, it appears she was, but I better verify that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. That. I mean, but it is believable. But now you're seeing, I think, a bright turn of events. It can only be looked at that way. Uh, you're seeing prosecutors say, bleep this. If you're not going to... I'm not going to work my ass off and nail these people and put them behind bars okay. if you're not going to put them How behind bars. How can you bars. possibly but say that's a good thing? Because it's going to force district attorneys to take a different look at how they run their offices or See, they're not going to have any people. Okay. No, I'm with Chris. I, I think this will just embolden them 
Well, and they'll fill those shoes with people that agree with. What's them. the phrase of this show? We use multiple times a day. We need more people to push back. And if yeah. there's going to be nobody to push back, especially at that level, what kind of chaos is going to ensue afterwards? And I'd love to think that you know the ultimate pushback for American citizens is the voting booth. Uh, but I can <clears> see no reason why Choi would ever get voted out of office. 30,000 people showed up to I mean, vote for your mayor. People in St. Paul apparently have become too apathetic to worry about it. And so he's the only person in that office that's elected, correct? Yes. Everybody under him, he either is appointed approved, or they applied for a job or whatever. Yeah, yeah and he approves their hiring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as far as this Lightfoot goes, yeah. um, I can't find specifically that she did that, but uh, her background would indicate she may have been for defunding police. She's mm-hmm. the Illinois Black Caucus chairwoman, oh, yeah. and she worked with Barack Obama when he was a state senator uh, representing the area. The two worked together to pass a racial profiling reform law. Okay. But I can't find any so, of the funding. Safe to assume? Well, you could even look at it a no, different way. Let's... You can look at it a different way. There's There's two ways to look at it. Uh, if she was a defunder, this will be a wake-up call. And if she wasn't a defunder, she can stand her ground and say, I'm glad I wasn't a defunder. True. Yeah. That's true. So I have no idea. There's a fighting chance she was a defunder, but every big city that's defunded is learning that was the wrong thing to do. But are they learning? You can't reimagine police. But, Joe, I don't think they are learning. To say you're reimagining police is to say you're a reimagining crime, and that's what the true progressive is attempting to do, to reimagine crime. You've got people in Minneapolis in positions of power who believe uh, uh, stealing a car or stealing food or stealing whatever is a need. It's not a crime. Well, it's, it's coming from the White House. It's because of the pandemic. That's why they're robbing. Oh, it's, just, it's just terrible. Now you've got these big-shot prosecutors are leaving. And, uh, you know what be curious? Uh, this gentleman that left office, if yeah. he's also going to move as a result of this. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he fears that the city's crime is just going to continue to get out of hand. No, I don't know if that's... Well, I have a source I'm in t- contact with attempting to line up, Richard uh, Dusterhoft, and the source said now that he's moved, he'll be freer than ever to talk oh. about what he sees as the problem. Oh, wow. So that's why I'm trying to get him. Oh. It might end oh, up being after the first of the year, but they'll still be timely. This guy's 55 years old. This isn't some 30-year-old punk who gave up. This right. guy's put a lot of time in. That uh, Lightford carjacking took place in Broadview, Illinois, Broadview, Illinois. a suburb of Chicago. Uh, he, only, he only did what a lot of our police officers are doing, you know. Leaving? Sick of it. Sick of the BS. Yep. See ya. Mm-hmm. See ya, dummies. Mm-hmm. It is amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, can I say one more thing about my... Uh, I'm very comfortable with my position on what I witnessed about the Potter testimony on Friday on the Jake Tapper show, but I got an interesting email from Craig Johnson. I know you don't wish to dwell on the CNN report regarding the Potter testimony. However, I think you need to revisit it, at least briefly. According to Mrs. Shrum's grammar lesson, each and every pronoun refers directly back to the immediately previous noun or pronoun, Potter. He had a look of fear on his face. It's nothing I'd seen before. We were struggling. We were trying to keep him from driving away. In this case, the objective pronoun him 
in the following sentence, we were trying to keep him from driving away, refers directly back to the antecedent pronoun he in the previous sentence. He had a look of fear on his face. The <laughs> CNN report falsely connects the two pronouns as the same guy. Even Mrs. Potter clearly was referring to two different people. The other cop and Dante Wright. Joe, you are correct. This is an outrage. CNN knows the rules of grammar. No, they don't. No, they don't. Uh, but, but Craig, that's a good catch. Thank you. English is a fascinatingly difficult language. Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to just go right ahead. I felt safe you. speaking for the room, Ken. Uh, no <laughs> idea. Craig, what I appreciate it. You're there. right. I, I appreciate it. I don't doubt anything Craig said, by the way. I just, that went way I'm just over me. sit here and look at my bobber. <laughs> Hey now. I'm no, shaving. No, not that. I'm shaving until tomorrow a Christmas message from uh, Lard Lake. Oh, nice. Uh, Bill. Bill Stein. And uh, it's a story <sighs> called Here's a Mostly True Story from Our Little Town. And it's wonderful, but I want to wait till tomorrow. I want to wait till Christmas Eve. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. And maybe you guys have done this in GL years that preceded my presence on this show. Yeah. Instead of having rookie. Try to sorry. Instead of having Patrick try to re, try to retell a joke, yeah, we should have Patrick do the night before Christmas. No, that's that would be painful. That's the whole point, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was the night before Christmas. I mean, I was all done. <laughs> Get this, you guys. What's up, bro? Metropolitan Council officials have been overseeing the construction. We're, we're poorly led. In every dynamic we look at, whether it's the judicial system, the city council system, the mayoral system, metropolitan council officials who aren't even elected have been overseeing construction of the Southwest light rail line for several months without any idea, at least not one they're willing to say publicly, how long or how much it will cost to finish it. Yeah. What? I'm going to build a house. You tell me what it costs me when you're done with it. That's not the way the world works. An updated timeline and cost projection once expected towards the end of 2021 will now come sometime in 2022, Trevor Roy, a project spokesman, told our local Fox 9. Met Council officials have long acknowledged that the rail line will exceed its original $2 billion budget and estimated 2023 opening. They are now changing tactics to renegotiate the project's schedule after criticism from an outside evaluator. This is absolutely amazing. The loose timeline, which project official, which project, which project official says, the loose timeline, which project officials say is necessary because of the complexity involved with rescheduling construction work, drew criticism from two Minneapolis lawmakers who plan to seek funding for a 2022 audit of the project. Uh, All we're asking for is a new cost estimate and a timeline, said State Rep. Frank Hornstein, a Democrat who chairs the House Transportation Committee. This should have been communicated to the public, to the legislature, and anyone who has an interest in this project months ago. As costly delays mounted along the 14-and-a-half-mile line, which will link Eden Prairie to Target Field, there's been drama behind the scenes over the past year. I won't read you the whole story, but... It's, it's plain that we're, we're, we're continuing to build this boondoggle. Right, after the first one failed. There's a bus boondoggle in St. Paul. 
the so-called Purple Line, which initially was called the Rush Line, but somebody got wise to the folly of that and changed it to the Purple Line. It's a, uh, a dedicated bus route from downtown St. Paul to downtown White Bear Lake. It makes 21 stops. It's estimated to take 47 minutes. You can get there faster. You damn near could walk it. You damn near could walk it. Plus, it'll eat up some of the Bruce Vento Trail. It'll destroy trees and greenery. Uh, I, I have heard that 89 buses will be involved, continually looping. For what purpose? Exactly. Well, that's why I was going to... It's $32 million a mile. I drive through this construction project every day, twice. The, 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 uh, the Southwest Line. Southwest Line. And it was created for me. The, the guy that lives in the Southwest Metro that might work downtown, right? Yep, yep. Or take his family to a Twins game. Yep. I'm never getting on this thing nope. because it's going to take me six and a half days to get here. Mm-hmm. It's not practical for the... Oh. What was the... Do you recall, as I was trying to look it up, but maybe you guys know, what was the original cost of the of the first light rail? I don't know. I'm guessing it was a hundred million is for some oh, reason no, sticking was, in my mind. Was, was it more than that? Yeah, okay. It came in at a bill, didn't it? Oh, did it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But but the idea of this unnecessary new bus line is is it's so redundant, and and the total cost is approximately four hundred and seventy five million dollars. <laughs> well, the, the the word to be alarmed by is the word approximately, which is their way of saying we have no bleeping idea what this thing will cost. Might be more, might be less. Just like the Southwest line, we're right. not even going to tell you an approximate cost because we have no idea. And have you checked this one that stops out in front here lately? Oh. There's never anyone on it. Well, even when even when the U of M is in is is in session, there's no one on the for thing. For your safety, you might want to stay off it. Anyway, I'm saving the uh, Christmas letter till tomorrow. I'm really helping GLers with Christmas. Yes, you are. Just get on Highway 61. Your next stop is EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Great sale update. Christmas deals for GLers. $200 off all in-stock Bintelli electric bikes. $300 off all Yamaha electric bikes. Youth ATVs starting at $1099. These are really nifty. I've seen them. I just don't have the property to get one for these little heathens running around. <laughs> Bentelli scooters, your choice of three models on sale for only twelve ninety nine. Those are the the gas powered uh, scooters that'll uh, get you about sixty five miles to the gallon and turn all your urban errands into adventures. All Yamaha clothing, ten percent off. Full snowmobile servicing because you're going to want to get your sled out for this winter. And uh, check with them. Check with Tim. We're still accepting winter storage units for those who waited, but uh, you'll enjoy your experience at EcoFun Motorsports. What a great Christmas gift that would be to come downstairs in the morning and the kids got the electric bike or the ATV. That would be fantastic. It's EcoFun Motorsports. It's on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. GLers, it's Reavers here once again for Chillboys and Chillboys.com. Guess what now is available if you go online to Chillboys.com? Yes, performance, long underwear, and I got to tell you, 
They're pretty dang sweet. I got a pair just a couple of weeks ago, and they are fantastic. So, obviously, winter is coming here. We all know that. But now, in, in addition to the most comfortable underwear that you can ever possibly own, the most comfortable long underwear that you can also own is now available at chillboys.com. Yes, of course, they still have the performance boxers, the bamboo boxers, the boxer briefs. Everything that you want is all still available at chillboys.com, but now including long underwear, performance t-shirts too, by the way. And don't forget, all of your orders that are over $40, those ship fast and free throughout the entire United States of America. When you're thinking about giving gifts this upcoming holiday season, think about Chill Boys and chillboys.com. And when you place your order at chillboys.com, please don't forget to let them know that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast. <clears throat> Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. DKMags.com. They're in New Brighton, Old 8, Monticello Pond and Gun. Oh, well, first of all, they're on the web at Montypond.com and then just south of 94 on Highway 25 in Monticello. Both of them uh, carrying new and used firearms of all disciplines from personal protection, sporting, competition. But I want to talk about personal protection here uh, because DK Mag's now offering carry classes. Uh, so if you're in the mood and you're thinking about it or you've been thinking about it a while, now is a good time, any time here in the next month, it doesn't matter. Get a hold of the folks at DKMags.com. Get yourself signed up. Uh, by the way, oh, and I want to mention this one more time here. Uh, if you're a firearms aficionado, they're also looking for a gun guy or gal to work full-time up at Monticello Pond and Gun. Uh, and if you've been listening to the Krabby Show, you know our buddy Don McLean. Uh, we're going to get Don set up with some firearms. Uh, but first comes the safety training, then comes the range time, and then the carry class. And it sounds like the folks at DK Mags and Monty Pond are willing her, willing to help her reach her goals. And what they do for us at GL or the Krabby Coffee Shop, they're also willing to do for you. They'll point you in the right direction. Uh, gets you comfortable with firearms, and uh, Dawn actually wants to go hunting, small and large games, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But the point is the carry classes now available at DK Mag. So get on the uh, get on the internet, dkmags.com. A couple of wonderful shops. Kenny, uh, before we get to John, are you aware of a pileup on I ninety four in Wisconsin? A hundred uh, vehicles involved. Uh, what? Yep. And uh, yeah. some fire, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it was a bad like, deal. From Osseo to Northfield, I know exactly I, I where think, that is. How about if we let John do some news? Here's John's Heights newscast. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. Uh, this uh, first story, uh, by the time you listen to this, you'll already know the outcome. But we will tell you that there is a verdict in the uh, trial of Kim Potter, and they're going to read it this afternoon. It's not yet one thirty as we record this, but between one thirty and 2 o'clock, uh, they will be uh, giving that verdict. They did the release said a trial outcome, which had some people questioning whether it would be a verdict. But according to Lou Ragoose of uh, Care Eleven, he says he has confirmed through sources it will be a verdict and not a hung jury. Uh, and they have employees of the courthouse and government center who are all in one building uh, are being told to leave. Uh, I don't think evacuate would be a good word, although that's what's being used on uh, online. Uh, they're being told to go home in light of the fact that we have developments in the case, and they'll be announcing uh, what that verdict is. So yeah, I have a, a top secret information I don't know if I should reveal, but there's been 
more and more uh, state law uh, enforcement officers moving into the uh, metro area here in the last couple of days. Okay, good. I promised not to reveal my sources there. Right. But, yeah, they're getting ready. Uh, Authorities, uh, Joe, here's what you were talking about in western Wisconsin, are trying to sort out a massive crash on Interstate 94. Still working on getting all of that separated. It occurred this morning in Jackson County, south of Osseo. More than 100 vehicles involved. Uh, If you've seen some of this video, the video, when it happened, uh, lots of fires. It looks positively, uh, uh, well, it looks bad. Hellish. Hellish, yeah. yeah. It's freezing rain, glare ice. John, do we know if people are dead? Uh, no, there's no injuries as of last word. Really, uh, but the last word came mid morning. So, and do we know uh, if this was southbound or northbound, east or uh, west, or east or west? East or west? I do not. Have I've made that, that so. trip, you know, ever since the kids moved to Chicago, uh, and it's just it's getting more harrowing with each passing year. Uh, faster speeds and what have you. Mm-hmm. The behavior. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm a fan of truck drivers. I'm not ripping truck drivers, but truck etiquette isn't what it used to be. Well, I, is that a safe ahead, statement? Can he beat me to it? Go ahead. Um, I believe it was in the westbound lanes. That's all I was going to okay. say. Oh, I was just going to say. Kenny and I talk about this all the time, but the, the the problem is there's such a there's such a demand for Class A drivers right now. Right. They're putting guys behind the wheel that shouldn't be. <laughs> There's a semi tipped over this morning. I saw that. Southbound 35E in that gentle curve under the 694 flyover. So, say you're coming back into the Metro Suits, you're up in the 694 35E Commons. You're coming back from Grunhofer's. Yeah, yeah. And you're making that turn, and the next exit's going to be Little Canada Road southbound. Right, right. That curve. The guy's going too fast. He tipped her over. Ooh. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing, uh, by the way, was caused to, I think, Kenny, you mentioned this already, freezing rain, a lot of freezing rain in that yeah, area. They had yeah. icy roads. And the word that I was struggling with earlier was apocalyptic is what I was trying to say oh, about okay. the, right. the video uh, as it was going on, uh, the crash itself, and the fires looked just positively uh, awful. Can we go back? Can we circle back to the Kim Potter trail really quick? Sure. Does the timing of the verdict being two days before Christmas, just in the event that she's found not guilty, would that help or hurt or have no difference on any social unrest? I'm not, I've told you before, uh, I'm not anticipating significant social unrest. Regardless of the outcome? Right, I'm not. I'm not. I could be completely wrong, well, of course. Well, I, I hope you're correct no matter what the verdict right, is. Right, I right, I hope you're correct. I do right too. You know this uh, accident in Wisconsin, uh, it's on the Drudge Report, and it's covered thoroughly by the U.K. tabloid The Sun. Really? Where are the local outfits? The Sun in the UK has all the video and the photographs, and the, it's just a quite wow. thorough coverage. I believe the local outfits picked up the Wisconsin um, TV station that was covering it. it. Well, Eau Claire's right there. That's who would have been covering it. Right. Uh, the story I took came from WITI, mm-hmm. Witty. Witty. Witty Television. Witty. Head of the county prosecutors have charged a 17-year-old as an adult with two felony counts of burglary and assault after a string of armed home invasions in Minneapolis during the first nine days in December. In court documents, prosecutors say the teenager in at least one home invasion carried an AR-15 firearm and burst through the front door of a woman's home in South Minneapolis. So with him, another suspect who was armed with a handgun. Prosecutors said he and one of the suspects also hit the burglary victim over the head with the firearm, then pointed 
pointed his firearm at her and started to count down. In a Hennepin County search warrant publicly released, investigators said the 17-year-old has numerous priors, including aggravated robbery, possession of a stolen motor vehicle, and carjacking. And you wonder why these county prosecutors are going to quit. Yep. Mm-hmm. In the written warrant, investigators said they had also been involved in a flee-from-officers incident and had a violent history. Those same investigators said they had reason to believe the teen was connected to at least two of the five armed home invasions in early December. From WQOW, there were approximately 40 vehicles involved, uh, 15 to 20 of which were semis. As for injuries, uh, I just had the number here uh, about, my God, where are the injuries? Oh, at least 20 people injured. Uh, Hmm. And as of noon, 12 noon, 41 minutes ago, our time, or no, that would be an hour and 11 minutes ago, our time, uh, the freeway was still closed. Blaine police are looking for a person who they say burglarized a home and injured a woman after shooting at the homeowners. According to Blaine police, officers were called to a home in the 8800 block of Jackson Street Northeast on a report of an interrupted burglary and shooting about 8 o'clock Wednesday night. Homeowners told police they noticed a light on in a room that they typically don't leave on when they arrived home, saw a man run out of their door when they pulled into the garage. That's when police say the male homeowner chased the burglar through the yard. Officials say the man then turned and fired his gun in the direction of the homeowners. The one round hit the male homeowner's pant leg but didn't injure him. However, it then continued and hit the female homeowner in the leg. She was taken to an area hospital, non-life-threatening injury. Officers then went into the home, found it ransacked, as well as all the Christmas presents piled up near the door. While a perimeter was found and a canine track was started, the suspect was not found, described as a six-foot-three-inch male wearing all black clothing. Well, once again, here is a uh, thug with a gun attempting to steal everything he can out of that house. Do you think that was his first offense? Nope. No. No. <laughs> Uh, update, those seven Moorhead family members found dead Saturday in their duplex did die of carbon monoxide poisoning, according Ugh. to Police Chief Shannon Monroe. Police found the Hernandez family during an evening welfare check after relatives had not heard from them since December 16th, according to Monroe. During a press conference, he said detectives found a carbon monoxide detector in a laundry room cabinet detached from the wall. Oh. Its battery had been removed. Only smoke detectors were installed in the home. Investigators say they found two possible sources of the carbon monoxide, the furnace, which was in a closet in the garage and had an exterior air intake, and a van in the garage. The vehicle had a dead battery and a half-full gas tank. Investigators working with the state fire marshal and a heating professional were not able to find a furnace malfunction. Further blood testing is being done to figure out if there's a presence of hydrogen cyanide, which originates from the exhaust of a motor vehicle, in the victim's bodies. The test could take up to eight weeks. Wait a second. The vehicle was turned off, correct? Correct. The battery was dead. Oh, so saying that it wasn't done intentionally. Is that what you're... So it wasn't the vehicle. That's what I assumed when I read it, but they also said it wasn't the furnace. So, you know, they make the combination units. Um, just buy a bunch of them, put them all over hell. Well, oh yeah, that's yeah. what most people do, everywhere. The now dominant. Omicron variant of the coronavirus is causing more than 50% of new COVID-19 cases in Minnesota. Omicron is widespread enough that it would be futile to give infusions of antibodies that don't work against it, according to Dr. Ruth Linfield, the state epidemiologist. 
Meanwhile, researchers looking at real-world coronavirus cases in Britain reported that the variant of the coronavirus appears to be less severe than the once-dominant Delta strain. Early evidence from Scotland and England suggests that Omicron is sending fewer people to the hospital. You feel like you're just waiting to get it? Yeah. That's kind of the way I feel. Yep. Yeah. Kind of, yep. I, I mean, you base, like you base your, uh, you base your uh, concern on news reports, and it would seem inevitable we will all get it. Mm-hmm. And based on news reports, I feel like I probably have it right now, but I have no effects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who, who the hell knows? I might have it right now. Yeah, you know. Well, I was reading something. Uh, I'm trying to find it here uh, on this very subject, but apparently the best thing to take for Omicron is NyQuil. <laughs> I saw that drum, tweet. You need the drum from shot there from our buddy. Yeah. Yeah. The snare shot. <laughs> I can't give myself a rim shot, John. That's, that's kind of a good. Yeah, you can't. You oh. can't. Well, it wasn't really my line. I got it from oh, Twitter. So the Supreme the Court. Okay. Supreme Court says it'll hold a special session in just over two weeks to weigh challenges to two Biden administration policies covering vaccine requirements for millions of workers, policies that affect large employers and health care workers. The high court's announcement Wednesday that it will hear arguments January 7th comes amid the rising coronavirus, uh, extraordinarily rising coronavirus cases and fast timeline. The court had not been scheduled to hear any cases again until January 10th. In St. Paul, a judge has agreed to temporarily put that city's vaccine mandate for city employees on hold, according to a Thursday morning court filing. The St. Paul Police and Firefighter Unions, along with another labor group, filed lawsuits against the city, claiming an unfair labor practice. They sought a temporary restraining order to halt the mandate from being put in place as scheduled at the end of this month. Can we circle back to the Omicron, please? Yeah. Boy, I'm telling you what, Reavers. Uh... I'm only doing starting to drive me crazy. I'm only saying circle back just to get Kenny going. (laughs) Thank you. But uh, I saw a great point about this. If you if you haven't obtained uh, a serious case of either COVID, the Delta variant, Omicron, does is that safe to assume then that you've already had a a case and your body just fended it off? No, you can't. I mean, my my supposition would be no. It's not safe to assume that. Got it. Okay. The uh, one last uh, just lock COVID. You think so? Well, maybe. All right. One last COVID-19 story. The Vaccine Works Tour of former President Trump is continuing. In an interview with Candace Owens, pushed uh, he pushed back the former president over her claims undermining the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, he was a guest on the Daily Wire show Candace. He told Owens that he takes credit for the incredible speed of how the vaccines were developed during his time in office. He said, quote, I came up with a vaccine. In fact, three vaccines. All are very, very good. (laughs) I miss that. Uh, Came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. Well, Owens then said to Trump that more people died from the virus in 2021 than in 2020, taking a shot at President Biden. Owens said yet more people have died under COVID this year. And uh, Trump responded by saying, oh, no, the vaccines work. But some people aren't the ones. The ones who get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones who won't take the vaccine. It's still their choice. But if you take the vaccine, you're protected. He said, look, the results of the vaccine are very good. And if you do get it, it's a very minor form. People are not dying when they take the vaccine. So Um, back. What it reminds me of is him taking credit for it is uh, upper and middle management. 
uh, that love to pat themselves on <laughs> oh the back. Oh, my God, you are when, so right. Yeah. When, uh, Give me an example. Uh, uh, well, GL has record numbers, and the uh, email goes <laughs> out, and <laughs> everybody from across the country who has no idea who we are starts patting each other on the backs. <laughs> you know, I've had the good uh, luck to listen to uh, Jason Whitlock for the last three days. You've been filling in oh, for really? Glenn Beck. Oh, we got to have him as a guest someday. He's really good. Jason Whitlock, yeah, yeah. he's very good. In one of the most prominent cases against far-right groups that the Justice Department alleges planned to storm the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, a New York member of the Proud Boys has pleaded guilty to felony charges and, more importantly, according to prosecutors, conspiracy charges. 34-year-old Matthew Green is the first Proud Boy charged in the alleged conspiracy to plead guilty, could provide vital information to the government's investigation as he is expected to cooperate. He faces up to 51 months in prison, according to the plea deal read aloud during a hearing, and he agreed to pay $2,000 in restitution for damages done to the Capitol building. He's the first member of the Proud Boys to potentially give prosecutors information about his organization. The House Committee investigating the Capitol attack is asking Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio to sit for an interview with its investigators. And the latest step the panel has taken to dig into the role that members of Congress might have played in trying to undermine the 2020 election. Jordan has acknowledged speaking with President Trump on January 6th, although he has said he can't remember how many times they spoke that day or when those telephone calls occurred. Life expectancy in the U.S. dropped by almost two years last year. That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. I wonder how much of that was pandemic-related. Some was, some wasn't. Mortality data released by the National Center for Health Stats calculated the life expectancy in 2020 at 77 years. That's a 1.8-year decrease from 2019. COVID-19 ranked as the third leading cause of death with more than 350 fatalities in the U.S. behind heart disease and cancer deaths, which both uh, surpassed 600,000. A man's life expectancy, this seems awfully low to me, 2.1 years it fell to 74.2. Shouldn't you should live longer than that, Joe? Shouldn't you? I'm just saying. Isn't that how old you are? No, I'm not that old. I'm 73, well, though, right? But I can see it coming. <laughs> life expectancy among women dipped one and a half years. Their life expectancy now 79.9. Where's the party? There's a grave to be danced on right here. <laughs> For the first time in 2020, diabetes deaths surpassed 100,000. Hold up. Yes. Hold uh, up. Check uh, this uh, out. Uh, well. You mean to tell me that the current, what's the current uh, life expectancy the, of a male the, in America? The new one is 74.2. It was 76.3. Well, wow, year. they're going to be okay. I don't think so, Sid. I, I really don't. <laughs> I'm beating the system. <laughs> okay, I, I have. Uh, uh, it's an indelicate question. Oh boy! Uh-oh. How is someone like Brian Wilson, who's 79 years old, of the Beach Boys? I'm a very serious Beach Boys fan, not the State Fair stuff, the real stuff. Uh, there's a new documentary that I watched last night. It's called Long uh, Long Promised Road, and it's uh, it's it's interesting insofar as it's in real time. It's today. And you're seeing that he's he's really in tough shape. He's really in tough shape from years of uh, unhealthful living and whatnot. But he's 79. How, mm-hmm. how do these guys that take all those drugs, how do they survive that long? Keith I wonder. Richards. I was Keith just going to say Keith, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think the drugs would kill you. The bad lifestyle might, if, if that goes along with it. And I know for a while after Landy got a hold of him, he was eating 
really well. I mean, good food. And Landy made him eat off junk. the floor. What do you mean? <laughs> not junk. John, what do you mean drugs won't kill you? What did... Well, they won't kill you if you t- take them. If you know how to use them, Chris. If the, yeah, ah, thank you. Okay. I, I mean, you and then there's a million rock stars you can put. I mean, look, at, I think Mick Jagger's extremely healthy. Look at his body, for God's sake. He's He took plenty of drugs. Keith Richards. Yeah, but you know what drugs. I think the key is to those guys ah. is how thin they are. Well, that's because they eat. That was my point. They eat well. Well, that's because they're junkies. It's not that they eat well. well. They're they're not. They just don't eat much. I'm kidding. Apparently. They're not junkies. I'm kidding. Uh, Mick well, anyway, God bless Brian Wilson. He's he's struggling uh, in his uh, mannerisms and his facial tics. Yeah, that's are, uh, are getting uh, are getting un- worse. Unfortunate. But it, you do hear some great tunes in there. I can't think of his friend that's driving him around. Essentially, it's a buddy uh, driving Brian around Hollywood, and they're visiting old haunts in Bel Air and Malibu mm. and the original Beach Boys house in Hawthorne, California. And, you know, Brian said, I, can't, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to look at this. And he said a lot of things make him scared and afraid. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and they went to Carl's house, and Brian said, I'm not getting out of the car. This is too much for me. Is, was Brian a troubled person before all the, dr- uh, the drug use? He had a troubled upbringing. His father was very difficult. Ah. Uh, Chris and uh, John, uh, do those quotes remind you of anybody we know? <laughs> what quotes? Mm, you know. No, they're going to be okay. Let's I move ain't no Brian Wilson. Here. I got news for you. <laughs> okay, banana suit. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this story, this fella did not think this through. A Pennsylvania man has been accused of fleeing a hit and run accident. How did police figure all this out? Well, after the accident, he dropped off a six year old child who was covered in glass at school. What? The inc- yeah, uh-huh. The incident occurred on Monday in Erie County, 120 miles north of Pittsburgh, according to Pennsylvania State Police. Authorities were contacted for a welfare check regarding the child after he was, quote, dropped off at school, covered in glass with a laceration on his head. Jesus. Windshield of the car that dropped off the child had sustained severe damage, according to Clark Elementary School Principal Donna Rose. The driver was later identified as 63-year-old Samuel Hummel, described by several media reports as the boy's father. However, the police report didn't verify that relationship. Police think Hummel had committed a hit-and-run prior to dropping off the child at school. At the scene of the alleged accident, he reportedly made no attempt to contact police. Moreover, he did not realize, apparently, that his child had been injured. Hummel was arraigned by Northeast District Judge Scott Hammer on Monday afternoon. He faces a misdemeanor charge of child endangerment, as well as counts relating to the alleged hit-and-run. He was later released on a $25,000 unsecured Bond. Of all the rock legends in the world, Brian Wilson is the only one I've personally met. Oh, you oh, really? Mm-hmm. Where? Really? How'd that go? When he played here, uh, when he started going back out on tour with those uh, syncophants, which I'm using the word uh, correctly, the people who worshipped him and were able yeah. to duplicate every note of pet sounds, for example, including an empty plastic Coke bottle that was one of the sounds, and he, he would have the stage full of these basically students of his and he put on a great show and it was a local guy was a buddy of mine knew the beach boys i never knew what his connection was but i got to go backstage and meet brian after that show what year you think this would have been in the early 2000s cool was that that at northrop joe it wasn't the northrop was it the northrop Northrop? okay it might have been because i've seen i think if he's if he's been here four times i've seen him at least three of those four times yeah same with me yeah, yeah all and all were pretty good oh yeah uh he opened for paul simon at the uh st paul civic center 
excellent. That was an excellent that I show. did not attend. I don't think. Yeah, it was very good. So, very was good. it surreal or just normal? What was it like? What was your feeling at the time? Uh, thrilled. Uh, you know, there's not many people I really give a bleep if I meet or not. Did you uh, did you fan out like John did at the State Fair with Gary Loris of the Jayhawks? No, I just you shook know. his hand and said, I've really enjoyed your, your body of work. <sighs> nice. You know. Chris Reber's genuflected in front of Gary Loris. <laughs> Pushed women true. and children out of the way. He's a big guy. He's a tall guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about Brian Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Gary Loris is too. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, here's one for your TV show you always thought would be a hit. A woman opened fire at an Illinois Taco Bell after getting into an argument over staff with their order. Staff at the Bellevue fast food restaurant ducked for cover at the window after 19-year-old Amy Gale allegedly started shooting at the window. Bellevue Police Department officers said Gale arrived at the Taco Bell drive-thru and placed her order. Shortly afterwards, she got into an argument with the employee at the window over what was in her order. The police department said witnesses said there was a dispute over the order. The female customer was reportedly unhappy with the service at the business, had a verbal argument with an employee at the drive-thru window. The female customer then pulled out a handgun, fired a shot through the drive-thru window. She then drove around the business and fired several more shots into the business. Bellevue police said when officers arrived, they found luckily the uh, employees had no injuries. After the suspect's vehicle was identified, it was found as a resi- at a residence nearby. There, Gail was found and taken into custody, charged with one count of aggravated battery with a firearm, three counts of aggravated discharge of a firearm. Bond set at $1 million. You know, you know what the line was that set her off, don't you? Hmm. She said she are the manager. Yeah, she said Say, she um, are the manager. Fellas, um, Channel 5 now has gone to courtroom coverage. Um, do you want to... Oh, it's that time. Can huh? we run that audio up? Um, uh, the judge is speaking. Are they providing it just on TV, or are they doing it online too, Kenny? Do you know? Um, I don't know about online. I'm just got five eyewitness news on. Well, why don't you monitor that force and be ready to quick turn it up? You Kenny? could hear it. You could hear. That. I could hear that plainly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. We'll do. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. We'll uh, return shortly. This this, this 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 day in history will be particularly <laughs> interesting to anyone named Olson. Oh. 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 over Body Works and Glass in Shoreview. They are our one-stop family-owned third-generation body shop, County E and Lexington in Shoreview, and the sole sponsor of the Eve of Christmas Eve. Positive Thursday at GL. Uh, the Fender Bender Mender himself, Mr. Mike Schoonover, is here. Hiya, Michael. How are you? Hello, fellas, and Merry Christmas. Yeah, looking forward to it. Say, So I'm uh, snooping around on Twitter, and I follow Schoonover on Twitter, but I also follow Play for Patrick, and I noticed, mm, I think it was this week, that you're looking for people to help out at your next screening. What is the deal with that? Well, yeah, that's a fun thing to talk about. Eh? That's that's better than parts and technicians oh, and all crashes that and all. yeah, all that nonsense. <laughs> so yeah, so every year, uh, ECU hockey and Egan hockey put on a, a Bantam hockey tournament down in uh, Apple Valley. Uh, the play for Patrick. This will be the sixth annual one, and uh, and we put a heart screen on for the players who participate in that. So we're gonna have. 16 teams, 16 uh, 
Bantam teams, which are 14, 15 year old boys uh, that we're going to be screening, we'll, we'll probably screen anywhere from 225 to 250 kids. So we're going all out. We got the equipment, we got the gear. We just need the bodies and the people who, who can run that gear and uh, that equipment. And so we're looking for cardiac, uh, you know, cardiac nurses, cardiac docs, uh, echo technicians, and uh, we're looking for. Uh, it's it's going to it's a fun event. Uh, the energy and going on there and being part of the hockey tournament is is just really cool. So I bet it smells awful. I was just how many teams you said? Oh my God, it's just got a stink in there. <laughs> well, we do give fair warning to people that uh, <laughs> it might get a little. It might get a little stinky, but hey, if you're if you're a hockey family, you appreciate it. You already know. It's, yeah, you'll never get that smell out of your nose. Where do you they? Know, uh, if, yeah. If I were like candles, could make that smell. <laughs> and that would smell like hockey. You're right. That's not a bad idea. How do these folks get in touch with you, Mike? Uh, well, they can just go to uh, our Facebook page uh, or uh, Twitter or uh, our, our website, which is uh, playforpatrick.org, and cool. uh, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll look forward to them volunteering and and screening some young hearts. Yeah, this is a great cause. You're saving lives, and then that's what's really awesome about this. So, uh, folks, if you can help out, please do. And meanwhile, if you need glass or service, body work, oil changes, tires, anything, I think you do. You still have GL stickers there, Mike. We do, and yeah. we have job openings as well. Oh, and jobs. <laughs> Boy, pretty much everything up there. Uh, these guys, Schoonover Body Works and Glass, they've been at it for 80 years, always rated as one of the best joints in the metro. Thank you for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com, and Merry Christmas to you and yours, Mike. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Take care, GLers. Turn it up, Kenny. Got it cranked. We are recording, gentlemen. Here we go. Fine. The, the jury is in the uh, chambers. Oh, Miss Potter, please rise. That's the judge. I'm now going to read your verdicts as it will as it will appear in the permanent court records of Hennepin County. In the matter of State of Minnesota versus Kimberly Potter, court file number 27 CR 217490. We, the jury, on the charge of manslaughter in the first degree while committing a misdemeanor on or about April 11, 2021, in Hennepin County, State of Minnesota, find the defendant guilty. And the verdict was agreed to at the hour of 11.40 a.m. and signed by the jury person on 12.23.21. Uh, the verdict on count two is we, the jury, on the charge of manslaughter in the second degree, culpable negligence on or about April 11, 2021, in Hennepin County, State of Minnesota, find the defendant guilty. And that verdict was agreed to at 10.30 a.m. on 12.21. 21. Members of the jury, is this your true and correct verdict? So say you won, and so say you all. Yes. Okay, you may be seated. All right, I am now going to poll the jury. Juror number two, is this your true and correct wow. verdict? It is. No, we don't need to hear that. Juror number six. Yeah. 
What are your initial thoughts, Mr. Mayor? I'm a bit surprised. I am too. Yeah. In fact, I would say I'm shocked. Yeah. Especially the first degree. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what to say. I'm not. I wasn't on the jury, and I. Uh, I feel for that woman, and. Uh, she is very stoic right now. No tears. She's acting as if she kind of expected it. Yeah. <clears throat> I I would be well. Maybe she did expect it. I, yeah. I, I, that would have surprised. Don't you me. think? Then that does lead us to believe that her, what her initial reaction was when she was. She said, I'm going to prison. I mean, maybe prison, that's probably yeah. why, she, as Kenny said, she seems so stoic and just resigned to the fact that she knew her fate. Yeah. Wow. Well, they said the first uh, manslaughter in the first degree was seven years, but they were going to try to go upwards, prosecutors said. They wanted to go upwards. Seven's not enough for Keith Ellison, huh? Yeah. What's he hope to gain by getting her 12? Yeah. I'm very surprised. I, I am too. I, I would have thought innocent on one of the two counts. I, I thought for sure she would have been found innocent on the first degree and then possibly guilty on the second degree, but I'm shocked she got both. Yeah. Because didn't help me understand this. First degree manslaughter, doesn't that also say that there's intent behind it? Or am I thinking of first degree murder? Am I mixing up the two? I think you're mixing up the two. Okay. Only because they come to us all the way from Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans. It was on, oh, it's Lyman's birthday as well as rookies today. Oh, no wow. kidding. Yeah, Tom Lyman's birthday. On this day in 1832, Hans Matson was born in Sweden. An advocate for Swedish immigrants, he would establish the Vasa colony in Goodhue County in 1853. He would serve as the colonel of the 3rd Minnesota Regiment during the Civil War and as U.S. Consul General in India from 1861 to 1883. In 1877, he would found the Swedish newspaper Minnesota Stats Tiding, Minnesota State Times. Oh, there's a little note for all you Olsons out there. On this day in 1846, a bill was introduced in Congress to create a territory called Minnesota. Although the bill failed, this is the first legislative use of the name. And finally, on this day in 1926, Robert Bly was born in Madison, Minnesota, a poet, translator, editor, and activist in the men's movement. He would write numerous books, including the best-selling nonfiction work on men and myth, Iron John, a book about men. And I looked it up because I recall we just lost Robert Bly November 12th. Mm-hmm. A little more than a month ago. It was, uh, Minnesota was a Dakota. It was um, our white version uh, on a spin on the uh, Dakota Sioux word for um, the Mississippi's major tributary, the uh, Minnesota River, uh, sky-tinted water. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it was so the it, ham's it, beer, uh, too. <laughs> so so it's, <laughs> its origin actually um, goes way back, you know, probably a thousand years with the uh, Dakota tribe. Yeah. Well, GLers, we'll be back to wrap up the year of 2021 tomorrow. The full cast and crew will be here. Nice. Thank you. GLers, do us a favor. And uh, I did retweet, by the way, the video that we were referring to. 
uh, earlier with the snowman that caught on fire. That is available on YouTube, and so are Garage Logic uh, clips from our show that you can see. We are posting multiple videos every single day on the Garage Logic YouTube page. It would just help if you could hit that subscribe button right there for us. That'd be great. And you can also follow us on all of our social media platforms, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And also don't forget to download the PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win daily prizes just by listening to Garage Logic. We'll catch you tomorrow. It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up the phone and we make the call to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And GLers, now is the perfect time for you to make that same phone call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you get Mr. Money Talk directly. And you also get straight talk. You are never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh... You would like to talk about the metaverse, and it's Merry Christmas time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It is Christmas time, and you should have a wonderful holiday weekend. Big things are going to be happening, but the market has said, well, we're not so sure. Given the COVID variants going on, consumers may, in fact, be pulling back from spending, and retail sales, I'll say a day and a half before Christmas, seem to be they're not as big as some people had expected, at least at this point in time. Retailers such as Favorite Best Buy, Walmart are have seen their stock sell off this week, but there are a few retailers that still have done well. Now, McDonald's just hit a new high, so I'm not sure that that classifies as a restaurant or a retailer or both, but as a Dow component, uh, McDonald's has helped the Dow power forward today with with a new high. At least somebody is spending money around the world on Ronald McDonald gift certificates, hamburgers, salad, chicken McNuggets, and of course, the McDonald's French fries. For investors who are looking for some safety in a very volatile world, McDonald's fits in the safety category with a very nice yield, along with companies we've talked about, such as Coke and Pepsi. But the metaverse, well, that's probably an alternative universe, big with virtual reality and augmented reality. And it has been pushed to the forefront by Meta, formerly known as Facebook or the football. Mark Zuckerberg has been pushing the metaverse going forward, and there are probably plenty of uses for looking at alternative reality or virtual reality from imagining yourself taking a vacation to imagining building a new house or furnishing the house or even use for conferences. There are going to be many companies that are going to profit from the metaverse or at least have a portion of their investment geared to that, including many of the semiconductor names, because you're going to need a lot more horsepower for that. That leads to companies like Advanced Micro Devices, NVIDIA. You talked about Micron previously. We can look at companies such as gaming companies, whether it's electronic arts or even Roblox as other examples. And then we can look at companies such as Microsoft or even favorite Apple that are developed and Google that are developing tools for the metaverse. 
that is a topic that you're going to hear more and more about in the coming year. Some of the companies you already own will participate in that in that new in the next new thing. That might be something to ask Santa for either this year or next year. I need get my glasses that will allow me to see an alternative reality. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now is the time to pick up the phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. Josh, as always, thank you once again for the time in the chat. Have yourself a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you again next week. Chris, Merry Christmas to you. Ho, ho, ho. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.